You are listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT the Brick. JT, great to have you as we game plan for the Raiders hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Raider Nation, the Raiders are home for three straight games. And John Gruden told me yesterday, and he keeps telling everybody they deserve it. They earned it. It's seven road games so far this year. Seven. A lot of travel, a lot of COVID issues like the rest of the league, and now the Raiders are poised for an opportunity to make the playoffs. Do they have to win four in a row? Can they win three out of four? They got seven wins. I think they're going to need ten to get in. It'd be nice if they ran the table, but they haven't been playing well. And they need to play better coming into a really tough game against Indianapolis. Clearly, as we get ready, we got to go back and look at what happened against the Jets in that game where Waller had a monster game, 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Carr for the gun, fires in, just fire, breaks a tackle over there as Waller inside the 20, the 10, end zone, goes in for the touchdown. Darren Waller, a run after the catch for the Raiders' touchdown. Jackpot, baby. That was one of the greatest games ever played at the tight end position. You have to go back to 2002 and Shannon Sharp. Check this out. Tight ends in NFL history with at least 10 receptions and 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns in a game. Todd Christensen, Travis Kelsey, Sharp did it twice, Darren Waller and Kellen Winslow. How about that for a game? Let's keep the targets going with Darren Waller. He is really hot, and it was nice to see Cleland Farrell come back. He had his greatest game as a pro. Darnold backs it up, tries to go, and he is sacked. Ball Ball came out. out. Ball came out. Max Crosby's got the football. This would be three turnovers in a row. That was good. He's got to play well. He was taking number four overall. He was taken number four overall in the draft before the last one. He's got to deliver. And when he's healthy, he's got a motor. So great to see Clee have a great game. But it came down to the big play where it looked like the game was over. But Carr got the ball back at midfield and Ruggs delivered. Here comes Carr. Steps back. Now he comes up. Going to fire again. Left side. Going for Ruggs. Ruggs has got it. Touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Vegas touchdown, Vegas touchdown, jackpot, and away. Brett Musburger on the call with Lincoln Kennedy, who saw the pressure coming and the Raiders picked it up. We spent the entire week talking about that. The NFL spent the entire week talking about that. It was a viral play, as we're calling it. Great for Henry Ruggs III. A ball tipped off his hands for an interception. He also let a ball loose on a catch and a fumble, and he answered it. He answered it. He showed a lot of character. Coach Gruden talked about it. After Henry Ruggs uh, fumbled the football and he was involved in the interception, I thought he should have caught that pass. A lot of guys would hang their head and go in the tank. For him to win that game for us, uh, it just says a lot about the football character that he has and we have. That says a lot. He was able to do that in Alabama. He was able to do it. In this last game, Ruggs is a hell of a player for everybody who tells me, what about Ruggs? What about his targets? What about CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy? Calm down. He was brought in to do what he did, and he did it against Carolina. He did it in the most recent game. Ruggs is an asset for this team going forward. He's completely healthy. He's the fastest guy in the league or one of the top three, and he just had a game-winning touchdown. Exactly what you want heading into the fourth quarter of the season with four games to go. John Gruden also talked about Darren Waller in one of the great games ever at that position. Yeah, he's special, and uh, 
If you look at where he caught passes, he caught him at wide receiver playing split end. He caught him as a flanker. He caught him in the slot. He caught him everywhere, and he ran all kinds of routes. A lot of guys uh, can't even dream of, of doing what Darren Waller can do, and I think he solidified himself today as clearly uh, uh, one of the top Pro Bowl tight ends in this business. Yeah, one more thing I want to say about the Jet game, and we'll move on to the Colts. Everybody talked about how bad the Jets were with that zero blitz and what they did at the end and sending the house. You know, John Gruden doesn't want to talk about that much anymore. It comes down to the fact that his players made the play. They practiced for it. They made the adjustment. I don't believe any of those statistics. I think it's all hogwash. Who has, who has the ability to look at 251,000 games? Nobody, nobody can do that. It's not the first time we've seen an all-out blitz at the end of a game. Uh, I used to work for that channel, so I do know some of these stats are a little bit fantasy-driven. But uh, it's a credit to uh, Derek Carr. It's a credit to our offensive line. It's a credit to Ruggs for making a play against any coverage. Uh, they played a different coverage the previous snap. We had a good look to Aguilar, uh, and had that play scored, ESPN probably would have had more statistical data for you. But uh, who cares about probability? We're moving on to Indianapolis and uh, just being a little sarcastic and having a little fun here. Uh, it was a great way to win a game. Gruden does a great job protecting his players in the media. And he's not going to trash another team in Greg Williams, but his players made plays. Now the Colts and the Colts' defense, as I talked to Coach Gruden about it, and he mentioned it in the press conference, this is a legit defense with several big-time players. Well, they're obviously uh, talented, number one. I think they play extremely hard, number two. They get seven, eight, nine men to the ball on almost every play. They don't make mistakes. They don't give up big plays. They're a consistent defense. They make you go the long, hard way. Uh, they poke the ball out of there. They strip it. They do a great job, uh, and I think they complement their offense extremely well. And you know, the addition of Buckner uh, really fortifies their front. They got a former Raider, Danico Autry, who's playing really good, and uh, I really like their linebacking core as well. And you know, their young secondary with the addition of Xavier Rhodes is pretty good. They got players, they got coaches, and they got a lot of effort. And we'll get into their quarterback, Philip Rivers, who, as I've said all week on radio, Philip Rivers has played the Raiders more than any other football player to ever live. He's played the Raiders more than anyone. So that's a big storyline here. But finally, John Gruden with four games to go. The Raiders are in a spot to do something special. Well, you know, we've worked hard to get here. I mean, we've won some nail biters. We, uh, we've had, you know, we've had seven games on the road. After 12 ball games, seven of them have been on the road. A lot of them have been across country during the pandemic. It's been a challenge. We've had a lot of injuries. So we paid the price to get here, and uh, we'll see. We'll see who helps us land the plane. We need some of these passengers to jump on, you know. Uh, we got good football teams coming in here that have the same aspirations that we do. And we know we got to play better, and we know we're going to get everybody's best shot. What's great about Darren Waller is I've said it since I saw it live in practice in Oakland. You can line him up anywhere. And Darren Waller is kind enough to join us. Darren, great to talk to you again. And I know you're humble and you don't read the press clippings, but it was an incredible game for you. And now a lot of media coverage on that performance. How are you handling it? Uh, it's going well. I mean, I'm just enjoying my off day, man. I ain't, ain't worried about too much. It's just, you know, 
nice to be able to chill and get ready for another week here tomorrow. Outstanding. In the game against the Jets, with what you saw in film study, then you got there. Walk me through MetLife when you were warming up that day. The weather looked great. It wasn't a cold weather snow game like in Cleveland. Did you sense in warm-ups that you were going to have a big game? Um, I mean, I felt good in warm-ups. Uh, I felt like I was running fast and catching the ball well, so I felt like, you know, it was nice weather, so any opportunities that I had, I felt like, you know, I was in the right headspace to take advantage of. The communication that you have with Derek at the line of scrimmage when you're being single covered compared to being double covered, was this a game where you got a lot of different looks from the Jets or early on you knew you could beat your man and have a big day? Um, yeah, it was pretty clear early on that they were going to play us like they played the Dolphins. They played a lot of man-to-man, um, whether it be single high man or two man. And there was the they started off with number 44 on me, so we, um, we just liked that matchup. And... Um, then it was, uh, you know, safeties, uh, some corners from time to time. So, but it's like, you know, if it's one on one, you know, we just like the opportunity, and uh, me and Derek are, you know, we're on it. Darren Waller's our guest. When you get the ball underneath, when you catch it two, three yards into the route, you want it breaking tackles and seeing. Is that vision or that first guy in front of you that you got to get by, push him off you with a stiff arm, and then you'll have more room to pick up speed and use your strength? Yeah, um, it's about a. Uh, you know, coaching, everyone preaches yak all the time, uh, you know, making making the plays dance. That's what uh, the coaches like to say. So we just, you know, not, not get satisfied with a small game, but, you know, make plays that will break the game open and just, you know, why not have fun? Why not, you know, hit home runs if you can? Darren Waller joins us. You know, Darren, it's interesting. I said when you, when you go four wide, when you're out there along with Aguilar and Renfro and especially Ruggs, can you talk about your teammates? I know you love to do that, and you're such a great teammate. What these other guys do for you to open up the field so you have more space to make plays? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Nelson and uh, Henry, you know, really take the top off. Henry is, you know, great on downfield routes, and Nelson is, you know, runs good dough moves, you know, deep uh, comeback routes and things of that nature. Uh, you know, Hunter is, you know, killing the choice routes and, you know, routes underneath that he can, you know, hit those double moves as well. So it's just, a lot of guys with diverse skill sets. Um, you know, you throw me in the mix. It's just a lot of guys that can make plays. And you got Josh catching the ball and the running backs catching the ball at the backfield. So it's just a balanced thing where, you know, any guy can can have a big day at any, at any moment. Darren Waller joins us as we put the game plan in against the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. Darren, all the legends that I've talked to, and I mean Raymond Chester, who you know, and there's just been so many great tight ends. Dave Casper, you know the history. Todd Christensen, we talked about the numbers they put up are enormous, and you have a game, and you got to go back to Shannon Sharp in 2002. We're talking about 18 years and before that, Rich Caster and Jackie Smith, so this was a game, and I know you respect the other peers, Kelsey, Kittle, you got to go back to Antonio Gates. Tony Gonzalez didn't have a game like that. So you got to be hungry now to continue to do this more and get more targets. Do you feel like you're getting the ample amount of targets per game now? I mean, I know that, that's the amount of targets that come my way is not something I can control, no matter how many you know things are in the game plan for me. Uh, there are a lot of things going into games that I can't necessarily control, but I can control you know, uh, my mindset from play to play and running every route like I am going to get the ball. Um, and if I don't, then that's okay because I know somebody else is going to make a play. But, uh, you know, I just try to stay as prepared as possible and give them the best effort I can in practice. I know that carries over to the game no matter how many opportunities I get. Uh, I feel like I'm going to take advantage of them. Darren, because of injuries with your teammates on defense, 
and in practice there, who can you attribute some of your success to that you get a chance to compete against in practice on the defensive side who pushes you to the limit every time you practice? You know, I've, I've, I've always been personally really high on Amik Robertson. Uh, he's really quick uh, laterally, and when I'm running around from the slot, he's usually on me, and it's not. I mean, it's a challenge to get open on him because he's a, he's a very quick, very instinctive player, and I thought he's going to be really good. Uh, I'll go one-on-one a lot with Isaiah Johnson. They'll play him uh, – at the uh, safety position, playing man-to-man sometimes. He can really run, so I not only have to use uh, my speed, but technique against him because he's just as fast as me. Um, you know, guys like Dallin Levitt, a lot of guys over there, linebackers like Kyle Wilbur, Javen White. There's a lot of guys on defense that give good looks and, uh, you know, are very capable players that, you know, make me strain on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in order for Sunday to happen. Wrapping it up with Darren Waller. Uh, Darren, finally, I know you're going to tell me one game at a time, but – you know the whole Raider Nation is looking at the Final Four, the Jets win, how that came about. Now you control your destiny, and you're watching other games and other teams out there competing. How do you feel about these Final Four games, all winnable games, but it starts off against a really good defense from Indianapolis? Yeah, um, we're excited for the challenges uh, that these teams present, uh, mainly with Indianapolis. Uh, only game we can control right now, so uh, definitely looking forward to the challenge of playing their defense. Uh, you know, we got a defense with that much talent. It naturally raises your level of play, so I'm just looking forward to, you know, how fun that's going to be on Sunday. And, you know, with the Dolphins as well, uh, they get after it. Uh, you know, everybody we're playing, really. So, you know, we just take it one game at a time and enjoy these moments, uh, enjoy this opportunity to, you know, still have our goals alive and to uh, fight for something. Darren, I know you're helping a lot of people with your foundation. It's tough with COVID, and there could be – some shutdowns coming on the horizon. There are people with dependency issues, people that have a lot of problems with addiction, and it's the holiday season, and they can't be around their family and friends for obvious reasons. What's your message to them? I know you want to help a lot of people. Um, you know, I know that like, you know, physically that they may be alone or lonely, but uh, you know, it's as simple as picking up the phone and talking to somebody. It's uh, amazing what talking to somebody about what you're going through can help you with and how how quick that can lift that weight off your shoulders and realize that you're not the only one dealing with what you're dealing with and going through what you're going through. So I would just say start by, you know, allowing people into your circle, allowing people into your world and let them know what you're feeling and, uh, you know, validate your feelings. Like everything that you're going through is okay. And uh, it's just all about what you're going to do from there. So I would just start by, you know, making sure that you have community. It may not be in person, but uh, the phone can go a long way. Thank you, Darren. Congratulations on a great game. Stay healthy. We'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, JT. Well, you know, we're looking to get Waller the ball as many times as possible because he's a great player. You know, the opportunity uh, presented itself. They blitzed 40 times. You know, a lot of those blitz coverages involve man-to-man coverage. So you, you try to go to your top dog. Rich Gannon joins us, one of the great Raider quarterbacks of all time, a brilliant analyst for CBS and a friend of the show. And, Rich, I'll begin with the Ruggs touchdown, and it went viral. Everybody talked about how the Raiders got that game in New Jersey, and it didn't look good at times. No, it didn't. But, you know, as you know, JT, every season has a turning point. I go back to our 2002 season where we had lost four in a row. We go to Denver on a Monday night, and Rod Woodson picks off Brian Grease. He takes it back for a touchdown. And, and to me, that, that game, but that particular play was a turning point. It really infused, I think, some – some energy and some momentum into our football team, and then we went on to win seven of the last eight. So, you know, I'm hoping that this can be that type of a play for the Raiders. You know, they did not play their best. 
uh, defensively had some issues stopping the run, and yet they hung in there. They made a play when they had to at the end, and it really went to a strong finish in the month of December. Hey, Rich, what's it like when you steal a victory, when you get outplayed or you're about to lose, you win a game? What's it like getting into the building again and saying, hey, people talk, fans burn the tape, get ready, move on to the next one, but the euphoria of stealing a win and then preparing for a big opponent coming up quickly? I think that's part of the maturation process of the young football team. You know, At some point, you've got to realize that you know, every week in this league, regardless of whether you're playing a winless team or a team that's you know, bound for the postseason, you just, you, if you don't play your best, you're going to get punched right in the face and embarrassed. And, and I think the Raiders have seen that already this season where they've beat some teams like the Saints and they beat some teams like uh, the Chiefs. They go to Cleveland. I mean, they beat some good teams, and yet they've not played their best in some other games where you think they would, they should win. So, uh, you know, at some point, you know, you hope you figure it out. I, I think this is a team that has a real strong chance at the postseason, but they've got to take advantage of what I think is a tremendous opportunity in the month of December. I think the next three games, JT, are at home. Mm-hmm. And so, so a real opportunity for them, I think, to uh, finish strong and, and get the, get get a postseason playoff berth. Rich Gannon joins us. Rich, the defense has been real spotty, especially the addition of Littleton. The linebackers will have a good game, and then they'll be missing in action. The pass rush gets criticized, but Cleve Farrell's starting to wake up. You know what Mad Max Crosby can do. An aging Phillip Rivers, when you had his games, the ball's coming out quickly. What does Paul Gunther need to do to slow down this Colts offense? Well, they've got one of the best offensive lines in the league. If Costanzo can play this week and, and – uh, you know, it's a really – you look where their money and the resources JT have been spent in the offensive line. They've got three former first-round picks, second-round pick at the right tackle position. I mean, it's a good group. And it's the best protection that Rivers has had maybe in his career. I think going into last week's game, he'd only been sacked ten times. He's on pace for 15 on the season, which would be a career low for him. And that's saying something for a 39-year-old quarterback. He, he's got a foot injury. He's not moving as well, not that he ever did. But the ball is coming out quick, and it's hard to get home. And they've got a lot of it's – it's an offense a little different than what we saw with the Chargers where they're pushing the ball down the field. It's a lot of short, intermediate throws. The backs are very involved in the passing game. They've got three very good tight ends. And T.Y. Hilton woke up last week. He hadn't had a 100-yard receiving game all season. He goes off last week against the Texans. So it's going to be a real challenge, and I think they pair well when you look at them playing complimentary football. They've got it top five defense for a reason. It's a really good defense. Rich, you've been there before. Waller had a massive game, one of the greatest games ever, at the tight end position. What does Derek need to tell John, or what is John telling Derek about keeping the offense open and try to throw it more when you got a guy who's this hot? I don't want to see him put on the shelf and go down to five or six receptions on eight targets. What do you think the Raiders need to do with this passing attack because Josh Jacobs isn't at 100%. There's such a different team with Josh Jacobs in the lineup, and I think that's a healthy Trent Brown on the right side, but particularly Josh Jacobs. I mean, he just brings it. It's a different look. It's a different feel. It's a different personality. When you have him in there, he's a tone setter. I think it helps Derek. It helps the play-action game. It helps everything that they want to do. But, you know, that aside, I mean, you've got a freak at the tight end position. I mean, you know, he's got seven touchdowns already, two more than he had in his first four seasons, J.T., I think, you know, 13 catches for 200 yards and a couple touchdowns. It's just a sixth tight end in NFL history that uh, had at least 200 yards in a game. I mean, this is, this is the guy that you have to feature. And I, and I would say that, look, John Gruden is no dummy. He's going to do everything they can to get him the football. They do, they've done a terrific job moving him around in the formations and the personnel groupings. And, and just, I think if you're Derek, I mean, that's been his go-to guy. I think there's a certain comfort level there, and why not? He's, 
He's one of the best in, in the business right now, and he's only getting better. Rich, last one. It's a big spot for the Raiders. It feels like it's a playoff game. I think the Raiders got to win three out of four to get ten to get in. If they beat the Colts, they have a chance to run the table here, but they haven't played well. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to snap our fingers and they got to come out and play great. Is it more about the coaches putting the players in that spot or the players like Trent Brown who hasn't been here, Littleton who I mentioned hasn't been playing big, whoever is on the field finally playing a great game and get back to the way they played when they beat Kansas City on the road? Mature teams don't rely on coaches. They rely on one another. And, you know, there's the old saying, I don't care what the play comes in. I don't care the call. It doesn't matter to me. We're going to make it work. I think you have that mindset. You have that temperament, that demeanor, and that personality. That's, that's infectious, and I think that's what has to happen. The veterans on the team, whether it's Derek Carr or on the defensive side of the ball, the, you know, the veteran guys have to step up and say, guys, we've got four weeks. Let's commit to one another. Let's commit it to – to the plan. Let, let's find a way to, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's take care of business this week against the Colts. And this is a good coach, well-coached team. They play hard. They're physical. They get after you. And it's going to take 60 minutes of really good football. You cannot turn the football over against this crew. They do a good job on defense. They've got really good. I mean, DeForest Buckner is a monster inside. Uh, and Danico Autry, that, that's going to be a real challenge. And then you've got Justin Houston off the edge. I mean, they're going to have to play well up front, but to me, I mean, honestly, if you can't get excited about December football, you're you're in the wrong profession. Thanks for making time with us, Rich. I really appreciate it. Thank you're you. You're the best, brother. Anytime. There he is, Rich Gannon. Great to talk to him. I don't know. I haven't been happy with it the last couple of games. I know our guys haven't either. And we can be optimistic and we can be realistic. And I'm going to be realistic. we got to do a better job. we got to have better plans. we got to coach better. we got to we got to do it better. I'll just leave it at that. Touchdown, Las Vegas. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians. But we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. We continue with the game plan as the Raiders host the Colts this Sunday. Kevin Bowen joins us, Colts insider from the fan in Indianapolis. Kevin, thanks for doing this. Let's jump right in. I don't know if Indianapolis understands how big the Rivers rivalry is with the Raiders. No player has ever played the Raiders organization as much as Phillip Rivers. So this is an individual rivalry for Rivers and a big one for the Raider Nation. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny reading some of those John Gruden quotes earlier in the week about you know what Phillip Rivers has meant in, in his career. And uh, even Phillip talked about playing Oakland, Las Vegas 29 times um, throughout his career and just you know his aura of talking about the Raiders, about how how big and fast that, that, that they are. And, you know, that's kind of always been his impression of them. So a lot of kind of interesting storylines within these coaching staffs and rosters that you don't always get in non-divisional games. Well, give me the health of the Colts coming into this. We know about the Rivers foot injury, toe injury, but I, I believe the Colts are down to their third left tackle. This is a great offensive line, one of the biggest in football. What's the health of the team? Well, yeah, as I'm – as we are recording this, I'm just now leaving Colts practice and Anthony Costanzo, their um, do everything left tackle, their most important player on their football team. He's back to practice and that is a massive development for them. So yes, third string left tackle if he can't go, but 
Uh, Costanzo sprained his MCL a few weeks ago, did not play last week against the Texans, uh, but he was back to practice. And you got the feeling if given his kind of veteran you know, nature and, and his unique experience in the league, I would think two practice days, as long as there's no setbacks, would be enough for him. You know, this football team is um, 3-11 and lifetime when Costanzo's not in the lineup. They average about four points per game less when he's not in the lineup. Uh, if you watch last week, uh, you know, look at the second half of just, you know, what happened when he wasn't in there and the Colts just couldn't protect and got behind the chain. So that's a big development. And honestly, the Colts are pretty healthy besides that, which I know the Raiders maybe can't say the same, but we'll see how the week plays out. Is this a two tight end set? Doyle's big, obviously with Jonathan Taylor, what they're doing at the running back position, Hines. Walk me through the the philosophy of Frank Reich. Rivers got the ball out quickly. I saw a couple of screen passes and the ball coming out really quickly in that Texans game. So what's been working as of late? Yeah, no quarterback threw the ball faster in Week 13 than Phillip Rivers. 2.33 seconds. That is with, again, a third stringer at left tackle and a quarterback that is dealing with a toe injury right now and, and I think just can't necessarily get to the five-step, seven-step drop and, and swing it like he would like to. So it's a quick rhythm offense. Uh, last week was the best week I think they've got from an individual wideout and individual running back in the same game. Jonathan Taylor, seven yards per carry. T.Y. Hilton, over 100 yards for the first time in, in nearly two years. That's massive. You know, it's kind of been a very by-committee approach, which, you know, it doesn't sound great, and I know it makes fantasy owners, you know, beyond frustrated, but that's kind of how the Colts have been. It's not necessarily – two tight end like you would think. They use a lot of tight ends, three of them really. And then the receiver position has had ups and downs. Michael Pittman, the rookie out of USC, has had some moments. Like I said, Hilton played his best game of the season last week. I think Jonathan Taylor is emerging at running back. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't take a running back as high as you do and not feature him. And, and, and I think right now he's back into that feature mode. So a lot of different personnel guys they'll use. But, yeah, I would say probably the most constant thing has just been a quick rhythm. And for the most part, pretty good pass protection from that unit. Kevin Bowen's kind enough to join us. TV, radio, a writer covering the Colts. Does a really good job. Wanted to get him on the game plan as we get everyone ready for the Raiders and the Colts. Colts are 8-4. and four. The Raiders are 7-5. and five. From your perspective and everyone in Indianapolis, what do you think of the Ruggs catch that closed out the Jet game when it looked like the Raiders were going to have their biggest loss in many years? I mean, absolutely wild. Um, I think Colts fans were selfishly happy because it meant that the Jets are, for a couple of reasons, it meant the Jets still have the number one overall pick. No one in Indianapolis wants to see Trevor Lawrence go to the Jaguars and have Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. and Deshaun Watson in the AFC South for the next decade. And then also, obviously, from a wild card standpoint, uh, that was the only bummer from it for, for, for Colts fans because you know they obviously want, want the Raiders to lose. But, I mean, what a crazy finish. And certainly you know, that was happening right as the Colts had their own wild finish with an errant snap late in the game to preserve that victory and, and you know, really um, – keep them from losing their third divisional game this year as a favorite. So I think fans just don't really know what to expect of this Raiders team. I know that you know, these two uh, you know, franchises have met each of the last two years. I thought the Raiders just bullied the Colts up front in last year's meeting at Lucas Oil. Mm-hmm. And you look at this year, and you know they've got some great wins. It'd be a beautiful March Madness resume with some of their wins. But in the last two weeks, you know this might be a little harsh, but I don't know if there's a team that's looked worse in the NFL, non-Jets division, 
than the Raiders, just with how they played against the Falcons and the Jets. But as you were saying earlier, JT, I mean, this is a massive, massive football game, and the Colts know full well if they want to, you know, stay ahead of things and not need a ton of help the last three weeks. They've got to win on Sunday. Well, I'll tell you, I talked to John Gruden about the depth of the Colts, and he is so impressed with the defense, especially up front with the defensive line. When you look at the depth at linebacker and up the middle at defensive tackle, I mean, this has got everybody's attention. DeForest Buckner is a hell of a player, and the production hasn't been there for Darius Leonard like in the past, but I think he was one of the best draft picks taken in the sport in the last couple of years for production value. So let's wrap it up talking about the strength of this Colts defense coming into Vegas. Yeah, I mean, that's spot on with the Buckner and Leonard uh, talking. Matt Eberflus, who, you know, he would call Rod Marinelli a mentor. That's kind of an interesting, you know, side plot in this game. Um, Eberflus, I think, finally has the personnel where this defense can play at an extremely high level. They are a unit that's found playmaking that has been missing in past seasons. It starts with Buckner up front. Like you said, Leonard at linebacker. Yeah, maybe not the same Hall of Fame-type production he produced in his first two seasons, but still, he's made some big plays. And then on the back end, Xavier Rhodes has kind of had a resurgence here and joining the Colts in the offseason. And Julian Blackman, a rookie safety out of Utah, has been a huge find for his ACL about a year ago and yet is, is playing and then is giving this team, again, much-needed production from the free safety position. So it's a team that's struggled a bit defensively, uh, just kind of consistency-wise as of late. But, again, it's that playmaking that they just didn't have last season and really haven't had in quite some time that they're finally getting. Finally, what a shame that you can't see this stadium. I mean, it would blow you away to see what Allegiant Stadium looks like, to see Rivers play here, most likely his last time and a packed Raider Nation coming in, and to see it empty without Raider fans going crazy and making it tough on Rivers because Rivers jaws back with Raider fans and Raider fans get after it with him. But it feels like a must-win. I don't think it is a must-win for both teams. I think the Raiders have to win three out of four to get to ten. And I think for the Colts, even if the Colts didn't win, they'd have three more games to win two more. But I think for our conversation, it really does feel like this is it. Whoever wins is going to move forward. Whoever loses is going to have a tough test, especially in a tiebreaker. Yeah, I would say whatever that notch below must win is, that's yeah. what this game is. You know, that that's the feeling of it. And like you were saying, the, the trip to Vegas, I can't tell you how many Colts fans I've talked to this week that are like, we were planning to go to this game. This was the road game we circled on the calendar, you know, back even before the schedule came out, obviously pre-COVID and whatnot. But the Colts have not left themselves a big margin for error. They've already lost to Cleveland. Already lost to Baltimore, two divisional losses as well. So their tiebreakers aren't very favorable. Yes, they're a game up on the Raiders, but the tiebreakers aren't in their favor. So that's why this one means so much to Indianapolis and then obviously means a ton to you to, to the Raiders as well. Thanks, Kevin. Very impressive, man. Keep your career going. Thanks for joining us to break down this game. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, JT. I appreciate it. All right, Kevin Bowen on the game plan, breaking it down here, a Colts insider. Yeah, big game. Uh, what, the notch before a must, must win. I think, it, as he mentioned at the end, very important about what the tiebreakers mean to Indianapolis. They got to win this game. For the Raiders, pretty much the same thing. Let's treat it like that, and we'll go from there on Monday to see how this plays out. Thanks again to Kevin Bowen from the fan in Indianapolis. I do think, you know, playing, playing against this defense the last couple of years, 
you know, I've always thought, and, and that's, I mean, it's not me. I mean, I know Peyton Mannings and Favre's and I mean, I can name all the, all the guys that played a lot of football for a long time. You know, the coordinators certainly know those guys, you know, so having gone against this defense and being in the division a few, a few times, you certainly know they know me and I know them. So that's it for the official team podcast of the Raiders, the game plan. Thanks to our guest, Rich Gannon, fabulous that he checked in and he was nice enough to do that as he was traveling. Really good conversation. Darren Waller coming off one of the greatest games ever played, ever played for a tight end and Kevin Bowen from 1070, the fan in Indianapolis from a Colts perspective. Now here's what we got. Got this game, this three in a row at Allegiant stadium. So this game Sunday, and then a quick turnaround for the Chargers. So very quick turnaround. We'll have a quick podcast for you next week, and then hopefully the Raiders can stay on a roll. It starts with the Colts. Raiders got to find a way to win out or come close to that. Let's do it, Raider Nation. Thanks a lot for listening. For everyone at Silver and Black Productions, I'm JT. Thanks for listening and downloading and sharing the game plan. Thank you for listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network.